This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So it has been a great week for just any fans of Trine University sports or just fans of sports in general, honestly, because the Trine University softball team made it all the way to the national final and unfortunately lost to Christopher Newport, but still an impressive streak. Um, I tweeted about it earlier this week, but I'll just recap it. This is a team that went 0-7 to start out their season, and everyone was writing them off because even though it was against the best teams in the country, people were like, well, you go 0-7 in a tournament, you're not that good. They proved otherwise going just only losing twice in conference in a very competitive conference, the MIAA, sweeping all the way to through like this last half of conference, conference the conference tournament, uh, regionals, super regionals, and then all the way up till the final game, going on a 20-game winning streak. Incredibly impressive, finishing second to Christopher Newport, who had only lost one game all year. They had two separate 26-game winning streaks. And I'm just incredibly proud of the team. There's just a team that I've been covering and doing broadcasting for the past couple years. And um, it's they're one of my favorites to cover just because they're all they're, it's so fun to watch them because they, all, all they do is have fun and... They're very good at what they do, and it's just, words can't describe how um, how great that team is, and they're going to be just as good next year. I mean, losing some seniors, but losing four, still bringing back a lot of your core from that lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun next year, so be sure to stay tuned in to that team. And um, the fact that I've been able to cover that team and, you know, do games for them and then make podcasts about them and interview some players has been a huge honor for me. If you haven't listened to the uh, Trine Storm Center podcast that um, I used to host, I'm still I'm going to be on it still, but I don't, it's, I'm not the full-time host anymore. Um, please go back and listen to interviews from that um just with that team, it was incredible. And, uh, yeah, please go back and listen to those interviews because it's a lot of insight into a team. And it was at the point where the team, we weren't – we knew what they were we – we knew what they could be, but they were still trying to find out. They're still trying to figure everything out to become what their true potential was. And to hear just still the confidence in all these players just saying, hey – we know what we got to do. We're going to get it done. Very impressive. I love those interviews. I might actually go back and listen to them myself just because I love to hear that perspective from somewhat the beginning of the season all the way to the end. So, um, yeah, please go listen to those. And congratulations to Trine University softball team. If, you are, if you're just not looking out at Trine Athletics, um, you're missing out. 
Uh, Evie Miller winning a national championship in the steeplechase, which she started running the steeplechase this year as a senior. Uh, very impressive. Just um, a lot of good stuff coming from the Trine Athletics program. So please stay tuned in for those because if you're not on now, you're going to be missing out on a lot of championships. But back to basketball. Um, a lot of stuff happening this week. Well, kind of. I mean, here's the thing. So yesterday, as the day I'm recording this, it's Thursday, was the uh, decision to stay. Was your final day to have a decision in or out of the NBA draft. A lot of really solid players coming back to college. That's the one thing with NIL that's really... It's improved the college game in that way, but also the transfer portal mixed with NIL is kind of a problem just because you're essentially writing out contracts. It's like free agency now. And some aspects is okay, sometimes it's not. I just, I don't know that much about it to get into it, but um, NIL is bringing people back because they're seeing, hey, I can earn just as or even more money than what I would in the NBA if I'm in college. So that's the opportunity that NIL was made for. Uh, but, yeah, we had a lot of good players opting to stay, to stay in college. Drew Timmy's going back to Gonzaga. Um, Max Obmas, who you remember from Oral Roberts a couple years ago, was coming back. So um, lots of good stuff. And then the NBA Finals is starting tonight on Thursday as I'm recording this. It is Celtics-Warriors- a matchup that I think absolutely zero people had at the beginning of the season in their, as in their finals matchup. Because I think me, I had, I think I had Nets, Lakers like everyone else did. And, um, yeah, it's just the Warriors have been on an incredible run. Celtics, same with them. Been a little bit uh, shaky along the way, but, hey, you made the finals. What happens before doesn't really matter. Just be in the now. And uh, also, even though that the Lakers aren't in the finals, LeBron James still making news as he becomes the first active NBA player, or maybe even professional athlete. I'm not 100% sure, but he's the first active NBA player to become a billionaire. So congratulations to LeBron. But from here on out, we're going to talk about the finals. Got some Warriors-Celtics history going on. And uh, I'm not going to really give a prediction just because... If you listen to this podcast before, whenever I say a prediction like the NCAA tournament, uh, I am dead wrong. And um, I'd like to uh, just let's feel this out for a little bit. And then I would um, I may say lightly who I who I think will win, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right. So Celtics Warriors. Celtics overall, 17 championships to the Warriors, 6. Both teams have been in the league for 76 seasons, 1946 to 2022. Uh, the Celtics record overall in their entire franchise, 3,513 and 2,437 for a 59% win-loss percentage. And playoff appearances of 59, very impressive. As for the Warriors, they're, um, they've had some hit-and-miss seasons. I mean, overall is a record 2,879 and 3,060 for a 485 
win-loss was in 48.5%, and 36 playoff appearances, but again, they do have those six championships. And um, I was looking at what this series means, like, from, if you're looking at a perspective, like, what does this mean? And it's kind of a series between a franchise that has had dynasty after dynasty. I mean, they had this, they had the sixties on lock the seventies. They still won a couple championships, but they weren't really there. But at the same time, they kind of were, it just depends on who you ask. Then the eighties, obviously them, and the Lakers, they made the finals every year at some point. It's not the same combination, but one of them made the finals every year in the eighties. 90s, they had to slow down, which may have to do with the with two deaths, honestly. Len Bias dying uh, on draft night when he gets drafted by the Celtics, number two overall, which would have secured the Celtics of a great superstar for another 10 years at least. And Reggie Lewis dying while in a summer workout. He was on the rise to becoming a very good player. But um, injuries also got them in the 90s. I mean, Larry Bird threw out his back in the 90s. He wasn't the same as he was. Kevin McHale, uh, there was one year where he had a broken foot. He kept playing on it all the way through the finals, and that really messed up his career. He can't even walk right anymore. So, yeah, with that, they didn't do so hot. The... Early 2000s, not good. I mean, when you have, like, Tony Delk as, like, one of your top guys, it's just not that good. I mean, they had Paul Pierce, which was pretty good, but wasn't enough. 2008, well, 2007 rolls around. They get Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen in the same offseason. And then they go on a tear, winning 2008, losing... Oh nine. Nope. Hang on. I'm looking right at it and I can't even win 2008. Oh yeah. And then they lose 2010 to the Lakers, but it was still a good team. I mean, that big three was insane. And even when Rajon Rondo was in there, I mean, it was kind of a big four. Rondo was like on the outside looking in. I still think that Rondo's one of my was one of my favorite players to watch back then just because if you go back and look at his highlights, he was crafty. He was good. It's just that after the Celtics, no one really gave him a chance. It also that he wasn't really working well with the players that he had on those teams. But hey man, I love those Celtics teams back in the day. Well, back in the, I mean, 2008 <laughs> through 2010. But, um, they have the Warriors whose dynasties really come in the last decade. I mean, the first year of the BAA, they win the finals and win there in Philadelphia. They win the finals in 55-56. Go on a kind of a cold streak. I mean, they still made the playoffs for a few years. They lose the finals in 63-64 to the Boston Celtics, so we'll get into that later on. Losing the finals again in 66-67 to the 76ers, which had to sting because this was a few years after they moved to San Francisco, and then they lose to Philadelphia. 
75, they win the finals. That was when they had Rick Barry on the team when he was going back and forth between the ABA. Um, going on a lot of cold streaks as just unable to get over the hump in the 80s with the Lakers being there. And then the 90s, just, it was so competitive out in the West. It was crazy. Couldn't even do anything with Run TMC when they had Tim Hart, well, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen. Just unable to do anything with that really, um, really hurt them. And then not great from 1994 to 2011, 2012, only making one playoff appearance in 06, 07. I think that was the We Believe. That was the We Believe Warriors when they made it to the semifinals. Um, then they get Stephen Curry. He gets out of injury. He, we see the rise that he has made, getting Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant coming in there for a little bit, Andrew Bogut, um, winning the finals in 15, losing the finals 16. Winning it in eighteen in seventeen eighteen, then losing in nineteen in the finals once again. Um, so it's kind of redemption for both teams at this point. Obviously, like when you're winning a finals, you're redeeming something. But the Celtics haven't. I mean, they've been making the playoffs, but they haven't been so hot in the past few years. Like I said, they've been making the playoffs, but. From, let's go from 2014. So twenty the 2015 playoffs, they lose the first round. 16, they lose the first round. 17, they lose in the conference finals. 18, conference finals. 19, conference semis. Taking, falling back. 20, conference finals when they lose to the Heat, which everyone was completely shocked by. And then last year, losing in the first round. So they're trying to redeem their status as one of the better as well. You get this championship. You are going over the hump of you're still in contention with the Lakers as the best franchise as Lakers have 17 championships. So if you get this, you're over the hump as the best franchise ever again. It's a whole redemption thing, especially since you haven't been the Celtics the past few years. Like, when we think of the Celtics, you think Russell, you think Bird, you think Havlicek, just guys who win, right? And these guys just haven't been able to get over the hump the past few years. And it's kind of weird because everyone's saying that the East isn't as good. And yet, the Celtics, who have had really good talent over the past few years, Jason Tatum's been on the rise, Jalen Brown's been on the rise. They had Kyrie Irving, Al Horford. Gordon Hayward was injured, but he was in and out of there. They had Kemba Walker. They couldn't do anything. So for them to get back to the finals is huge, but if they win, it means a it's an entirely different story for the landscape of the NBA now. Because the Celtics will go in as one of the better teams. The Lakers... Assuming that they keep everyone, which I heard that Russell Westbrook's going to exercise his player option, which means that he'll be on the team, it will be a marquee matchup again. Celtics-Lakers is a marquee matchup even when there's no superstars. So imagine 
the Lakers going into the season as one of the Western Conference as one of the Western Conference favorites, and then the Celtics defending their title. It's huge for the NBA. That's gonna be NBA primetime, maybe Wednesday, maybe even a Saturday. But it's gonna be there it's gonna be a marquee matchup no regardless. It will not be on NBA TV. Trust me on that. And for the Warriors, you're trying to redeem that hey, you're still we still are a dynasty. We have well, you're kinda of out of the realm being a dynasty yet, but it's like, hey, we're still the same winning caliber team that we were three years ago when we lost to the Raptors. I mean, the past two years they haven't made the playoffs, which is mind-boggling, but Stephen Curry was hurt past year. Stephen Curry's going to try to redeem himself too because last time that the Warriors went on broke break a huge record, the 73-9 season, they lose in the finals. Weren't able to close it out. That's why whenever people talk who's better, 72-10 and 10 Bulls or 73-9 Warriors, everyone, and I mean everyone, says the, the Bulls just because they were able to finish it. And, like, the Cavs only had LeBron when they beat the Warriors. The Bulls had to beat the Jazz, no, they had to beat the uh, Sonics, who had Peyton, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. You had to beat two Hall of Famers. The Cavs, sure, I mean, they have Kyrie, and he, he hit the shot. But, I mean, like, you're talking about two all-timers that the Bulls had to beat, the Warriors, having three all-time players on their team... Only having to beat one in at like a half. Kyrie's reputation was better then. But it's just. The Warriors have to be able to win this. When Stephen Curry breaks the all-time record for th- for threes in a career. They have to win in order to redeem themselves. Saying, hey, we're not choke artists. And if this series gets to a Warriors 3-1 lead. Uh, the war, everyone's going to go crazy. I'm going to go crazy on this podcast just because we know what happened before. Just, I'm so excited for the series. The finals is always a time where it's like one of the few parts of the NBA season I will watch like on purpose, if that makes sense. Like, with sometimes in the NBA, like, the regular season coincides with college basketball. I'm watching college basketball. So, the playoffs come around for the NBA. Sure, I'll watch a game here and there. I'm not watching it religiously. But the finals, it's the one point where you sit down, you just watch it, and you try and analyze as best you can. You're on, you're texting your friends saying like, oh my God, did you see that? What's going to happen now? Or you invite your friends over and you guys have fun watching the game. So the final is always an exciting time. I'm very excited for it. Um, Okay, here's a light, light prediction. I think the Warriors 
have been more solid throughout the year and throughout the playoffs. So for that, I will give them the advantage over the Celtics. Warriors did not have to go to a Game 7. They've been resting for like a week now. Celtics have had to play two games since the Warriors have won the, the conference. And because of that, I think the Warriors have the advantage in it. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying they have the advantage. But at the same time, I'm also saying that um, the Warriors have a better chance of winning. And if you're able to understand what I'm trying to say, you know what I'm trying to say without actually saying it. Because, you know, if I predict it, it's going to be wrong, like, big time. So, um, yeah. Warriors have the advantage. And so I was looking through the history of this, of these two teams, because when you think Celtics, you think, when you think of their all-time rivals, Two of them really, one of them absolutely comes to mind. The Lakers, obviously. It's Lakers-Celtics. There's a whole 30 for 30 on it. But the one I think that people always forget about and that is always disrespected is Philadelphia. When they were the Warriors or when they're now the 76ers, it has always been a heated battle between them just because of, I don't know if it's just for who's the best in the region or I don't know what the story is, but Boston, Philadelphia has always been an incredible um, rivalry to watch unfold. Even in the playoffs over the past few years, whenever the 76ers and Celtics will match up, that's the one where you're like, Oh, you have to watch it. Just especially just because, like, when Jimmy Butler was in the 76ers and you're like, oh my god, he's going to take it to another level. Um, it was very impressive. So, it's a team that, although technically not the 76ers, they were in Philadelphia. The Warriors and the Celtics do have some history. I was looking up some different stuff and found, like I said earlier, the Warriors play the Celtics in the finals. The Celtics ended up winning 4-1 to one as they take game 1, 108-96. Take game 2, 124-101. Game 3 goes to the Warriors, 115-91. Then the Celtics close it out, 98-95 in game 4. And then 105-99 in game 5. And I was just looking at, like, some of the, um, on basketball reference they have, like, who led this game in points? Who led this game in rebounds? I get that everyone says, like, oh my god, like, rebounds were, like, very common back in the day. But, in this, for total rebounds in game one, Bill Russell led with 25. Game two, Wilt Chamberlain with 25. Bill Russell, game three with 32. Game four, Wilt Chamberlain with 38. And then game five, Will Chamberlain, only a measly 27. For reference, if we go to the 2021 NBA Finals, Game 1, DeAndre Ayton had 19 rebounds, and that was the closest anyone got to, to 20. 
one game, DeAndre Ayton only had 10 rebounds, and that was the high for the game. So, yeah, rebounds were pretty common back in the day. And I also, because I saw that 38, I was like, huh, what's the, what's the record for most rebounds in the game? I look it up. Wilt Chamberlain has a record for 55 when he did it against the Celtics. So, this has been riddled throughout everywhere. And also, yeah, you got to think about it. The Warriors had Wilt Chamberlain. The Celtics have Bill Russell. They're going to have history. Like, just, it's one of the better player rivalries ever. And it's just, all the historical context in this, I hope they bring all this up and before the games, just because it's the 75th anniversary of the league. These teams have been around for the entirety of the league. And it's just, you have Will against Bill Russell. You have the finals uh, that happen. You have the record that Will Chamberlain set and is probably never going to be broken again. And then you just have the Celtics being in the finals on the 75th anniversary of the league is just perfect. I don't know how the league could... The only way the league could have scripted it better is if it was Celtics-Lakers. That was the only way that this was going to be better than how it turned out. This is going to be great basketball we're going to watch. Stephen Curry in the finals again. And he's someone who... We, we've seen him be good in the finals, but he hasn't been like over-the-top great... Just because he's being pressured all the time. He hasn't won a finals MVP yet. Andre Iguodala took the first one. Then Kevin Durant took the next next two. So it's just... Get ready. Klay Thompson's going to be in the finals. If, it's, if there's a game six in this series... My God. Klay's going to go off. There's no other way around it. He's going to go off. Draymond Green is going to be in the finals again. He might um, stay for the entire series. We don't know. We have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown proving themselves on the biggest stage possible. Al Horford has somehow found the fountain of youth, and he is he's he's playing like he's at Florida again. He really is. I'm surprised like Joakim Noah and Corey Brewer aren't on the aren't on the Celtics just to be there with them. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be trying to guard Stephen Curry. We'll see how that works out. Stephen Curry has just broken the all-time record for threes in a career. All-time. The greatest shooter of all time is going to be in a matchup against the one of the better franchises in league history to duke it out in the finals in the 75th anniversary of the league. Think about that. Enjoy it. Just enjoy every moment because this could go down in four. It could go down in seven. We don't know. That's the beauty of basketball. We don't know. Everyone has been shocking the world in all of basketball. And it's just like, I just, people only think it's in March Madness. No, 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 no. When you see how impressive it is in the NBA to upset someone, you have to beat them four times. It used to be three times in the first round. But even then, one of the better moments of all time is when the eighth seed Nuggets beat the one seed Supersonics, got to Kame Mutombo 
holding the ball on the floor. The We Believe Warriors is one of the better moments that we've seen in the league. And now we have Warriors, Celtics, two teams that no one really expected to be here. I mean, what, the Celtics... Did they end up first in the conference? I'm not even sure. No, they didn't. They were the two seed. The Warriors were the three seed. I'm so excited to get it started. Going to be watching at 9 o'clock tonight. Um, Just, this season has been awesome. I've loved the NBA 75th anniversary team, although... There's some people that I think should have been on, but, you know, whatever. It's also 76 players because there's a tie. I don't know how that... Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, the All-Star game this year was awesome, bringing most of the 75th anniversary team. Just remembering the history of the league and why basketball is the way it is today and how it was... It's been the ultimate basketball fans season. So buckle up because the end of the season is going to be fantastic. And with that, that will be it for this week's episode. Um, just want to thank you for listening. Once again, congratulations to the Trine University softball team. Just an incredible season. Cannot wait to see what you all do next year. Get ready for Celtics Warriors. going to be a blast. Follow me on Twitter at DMR00, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.